I'm Dana Shea, and friends, it's time for some Real Relationship Talk. You are listening to Real Relationship Talk, a podcast helping married and pre-married couples build lasting love from above. Got problems? Let's solve them. Because real trials need real truth. Now it's time to get in the game with your relationship coach and host, Dana Shea. Welcome to the show today, you guys. I am so happy that you are here. Pull up a chair, grab a cup of tea or coffee, and enjoy the next 35 or 40 minutes or so of this amazing conversation that I had with a new friend, Kate. Y'all, have y'all ever just met somebody and immediately you just click with that person? That's how I feel about Kate. We had such a great conversation about all things dating, relationships. We talk a little bit about marriage. I mean, it is all here in this episode today. The reason that I wanted Kate on is because normally on this show, we focus on marriage topics. We talk about things that are relevant to married people, or at least to people who want to be married. But from time to time, I think it's really important for me to also have dating experts on the show because lots of you guys who listen are single. And I love that. I love the fact that those of you guys who are single, you don't feel ostracized by all this marriage talk that we do on the show. And maybe you're listening today and you are married. This will be a great episode to share with your single girlfriend or your single guy friend or your child or your cousin or niece or your neighbor. Anybody share it. Okay. So Kate and I had such a good conversation. As a matter of fact, just in all honesty, I didn't even know what I was going to title this podcast. I was like, what are we going to call it? Because we focused on so many different things. And Kate really shares really transparently and honestly about her journey as someone who was in the dating scene for 18 years. And then she found her guy and they've been married for four years. But before she found him, she made a lot of mistakes. She kissed a lot of toads. She did a lot of things wrong. And I think a lot of us can attest to that. So one of the things that I've been really, I guess, just focusing on over these last couple of years is how the church teaches on relationships and how the church teaches on marriage. And I don't want to rail against the church. I mean, I'm a part of the machine. I'm a pastor. But I think what the problem is in our quest to help people have healthy and godly relationships, we focus so much on the ideals. We focus so much on marriage. And a lot of people who are single are single because they want to be single. A lot of people who are single don't want to be single and they want to be married, but they also don't have a lot of guidance on how to actually make that happen. A lot of people are out here listening to the world. They're listening to influences that are not necessarily for their good. So again, anytime that I can kind of shed light or have a friend shed light on what we should be doing in our relationships, I'm all about it, about it. So Kate... What can I say about Kate? So much. First of all, she is the host of the Heart of Dating podcast. She is also an author. She wrote the book called Thank You for Rejecting Me. And we're going to talk about rejection and how really rejection can be our protection or in Kate's case, rejection was her redirection. So such a great, great conversation around the whole topic of rejection. But Kate wrote a book. She also is a dating expert. She has launched the dating school and so many other resources for single people. 
One of the things, and I bring this up in the episode today, is I love how Kate doesn't just inspire people, but she empowers people. She gives you practical resources. And if you go to her website, heartofdating.com, you will see a plethora of resources. I mean, all kinds of stuff. I'm starting to dig into some of Kate's stuff, and I'm married, y'all. So make sure that you check out her website. All right, all right, all right. I'm not going to give you any more deets. Let's go ahead and jump into today's episode with my special guest, All right, Kate. Well, the time has come (laughs) for us to have a conversation. We've been chatting like long before I hit record, but um, I just thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to talk to you today about all things dating and relationships. I love it, girl. I'm already like kindred spirits. That's why it's fun to have those combos before the podcast even begins because we're just like, now I feel like I kind of know you and we're vibing. It's so true. It's going to be a fun conversation. It's so true. I'm always like, oh, I should hit record because I find that as a a host, so much of like the greatest content happens either before I hit record or after I hit record. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The after (laughs) too. It's like so fun. If you don't have like a meeting to go to or whatever, it's like, oh my gosh, now we just... We go off on different tangents about things that just got brought up. I'm with you, girl. <laughs> yes. Yes. So we were talking a little bit. You're in L.A. and yeah. you've been in L.A. for seven years. Orange County. OK, can you just tell us, East Coasters, what is the difference between Orange County and L.A.? Because I use them. Oh. I thought they were like the same. OK, great idea. So I grew up on the East Coast, Northeast, actually. And so I'm with you in terms of like the East Coast. I had no idea like about all that's going on in California. So L.A. is like, you know, where it's happening, the city life. It's it's super fun. It's very busy. Lots of traffic. You know, that's what people know about L.A. But it's Hollywood, all the arts. It's a fun place to be. But then you, what? this is like a funny thing, but people are like, then you go behind the orange curtain, okay? The orange curtain is what separates LA. It's an invisible curtain that separates LA and Orange County. Orange County is like its own bubble. It's so different than LA. It's much more like suburbia. Like, yes, there's some traffic, but you know, like you can actually go to a Target and park. Like there's nothing, that doesn't exist in LA the same way. If you park, it's a crazy parky situation in LA at all times. So the orange curtain is like kind of like suburbia Pleasantville. It's beautiful. We have Laguna Beach down here and Newport, but Laguna is my favorite. It kind of makes me feel like I'm in Hawaii, like Mm. the cliffs and the beautiful flowers and the cute little downtowns. It's just, it's really nice. And this is where I would say the real beach life happens down here too. Got it. Yeah. So we went to LA in July, my family and I, and I was telling you, we got COVID like three, four of us on that trip. Yeah, it was horrible. It was horrible. But everybody kept saying before we went to LA, like, be careful of the traffic, watch out for the traffic. And I'm like, how bad could it be? <laughs> yeah, I love when people say that. I'm like, you don't, you don't understand. Okay. Listen, <laughs> listen. I was like, I never knew, and it's not like stop and go. It's not like like here in Virginia Beach. It's very much like you know congested. You'll sit for a little bit, but it just was everywhere we went. There were people everywhere we went. There was no time that whole trip that we weren't in traffic the entire trip. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, I yeah. literally planned my life when I lived in LA around traffic patterns. And the hard part is like, you look on the map and you're like, oh, this is only five miles or something. But something <laughs> that is five miles. You're like, that'll take me like five to 10 minutes. No, 
that's a 30 minute drive usually Absolutely. in LA. Like five miles is like not easy. This is a city, but people don't see it that way because there's a downtown and the rest of LA is like pockets of buildings, but it's still like the whole thing is a city. So it's like, if you're, if you've ever been in New York city, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's hard to get from uptown to downtown. It takes some time with traffic mm -hmm. and lights and all the congestion and people and whatever. And so LA is just wild. Okay. And certain times a day, I'm like, my friend may live in downtown LA. I lived in um, Santa Monica. If I had a friend that lived on the East side, I'm like, I see you only certain times on the weekend. That's the only time I can see you in certain small pockets when there's no traffic to come and visit you. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It's so crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to talk to you about your website first and foremost i was on your website kate and i was like i just want to just go to every page i love your website like it literally feels like oh God, girl. yes like i feel like you're having a conversation with your like viewer and i learned so much about you and just what you do and i just i love what you do i can't wait to talk about like why you started this and you've got a dating school which is so interesting because i always tell people i've been married for 23 years and i always tell folks like you should not be it should be illegal to get married without going to marriage school like there's so much <laughs> there's so, so much, much that you don't hard. know yeah. 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 So tell me a little bit about your vision, your passion behind, first of all, just what you do. And then I want to know about this idea that you had for the dating school. Where did that come from? Yeah, I love it. So I started Heart of Dating five years ago, coming up on five years in the wake of a really big heartbreak. And, you know, now I'm married. I just got married. So I always like to preface, yes. especially if this is the first time someone's getting introduced to me, because I'm like I was dating for 18 years before I met my husband. And when I started Heart of Dating, I started as a single where I was still actively dating, trying to figure this whole thing out. Okay. So the Heart of Dating started because as a Christian, they're just, I could not find great resources for dating as a Christian, you know, and you know, the elephant in the room is that dating is not explicitly at all talked about in the Bible did not exist back then. In fact, dating, the whole concept of dating is really only come up to be in the last a hundred ish years. Okay. Before that, it was way different how people got like married. And so now we have this whole dating thing, which is fun because we don't have our parents making all the decisions for us or like political decisions or whatever have you. Now we actually get to decide, but with that, in that, it's like, how do we do this? <laughs> and we have so many influences around us telling us how to do it. And here's the thing, Dana, that this is what I realized. I'm like, wow, everyone has their own dating playbook. Okay. And I, even as a Christian, like it's influenced by our family, by our friends and how our friends are dating, by our church community, by our pastors, by any thought leaders we listen to, by Disney and rom-coms and all of that. And now from all of those things, I've developed my own way of dating, quote unquote, the right way. But then I come into contact with another Christian, let's say, obviously a man in this case, if I'm dating, he has his own set of playbook rules based on his experience, his pastor and his community, right? So then you come together and I think my way is the right way to date. He thinks his way is the right way to date. And then we're all, we're both doing it our way that is quote unquote, right. But like, 
there's no even set of like playing field rules to say this is a right way to date. Everyone has their own way. And so I was like, I'm so frustrated by this. It's so confusing. It's so weird. So I started the heart of dating to really start answering these ambiguous questions of dating as a Christian. I brought on so many different thought leaders and just really tried to define what is dating? How do we do this healthily? How do we also live a vibrant single life? And so through Heart of Dating Today, it started as a podcast. And now throughout the last five years, we get to serve thousands of Christian singles internationally through our podcasts, through our yearly conference that we have, uh, through our programs. I wrote a book that came out in 2021. And so it's just been so phenomenal, so exciting. I like get, I get so hyped up talking about yeah. it because I love it. And okay, the, the the cool part is I have actually practiced all the things I talk about because I just got married. But for the past five years doing Heart of Dating, I was doing this and actually practicing. How do I do this the right way? You know what I'm saying? So Absolutely. that's also what I love getting to come alongside people to help guide them into more clarity. Yeah, I love the fact that you are like leading by example, you know, and and I've said this so many times on my podcast, I got married at 18. Okay, so I'm very slow, honestly, like really slow to give people dating advice, because I feel like I haven't lived it like. I have been with my husband since I was 14. So I really wasn't like dating. And even if I was dating, that was 23 years ago. Things have yeah. changed so so much, you know, in 23 years. And so I have good girlfriends who are in it now who are like on this dating websites and, you know, like right. trying to find good men. And like, so I hear a lot secondhand just from what they're dealing with, but I love to bring on people like you and others. I've had lots of other kind of experts, you know, if you will, to help people who are single. There's lots of single people who listen to this podcast, even though a lot of times we focus on marriage issues. But I want to know, Kate, like, I, I love, first of all, the fact that you are really focused on Christian singles, because the way that we are supposed to carry ourselves, right, as as people in our faith, born again believers, and the way that the world does it is is different, different. should be, at least should be different. And I love that you pointed out, I was reading a book, have you heard of uh, Loveology by Mar John oh, Mark yeah. Homer? Oh, definitely. I love JMC. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. I love him. I love that I book. love him too. That book, I'm like, I need everybody to read this book right now. Like I need everybody yeah. to read it. And he, he did, he brought out this whole part of the this whole part of what you're talking about where dating is really a newer phenomenon and how yeah. it used to be a family affair. So when dating kind of first came on the scene, it was very much done in community. It wasn't like, oh, I met this guy online or I met this guy in a coffee shop and we just went off together alone. It was very much like the parents were involved, the family was, was involved, the friends were involved. And so there was more, there was a safety net there. And nowadays he was like, so now the way people date is you meet somebody in a bar, you have sex, and then you get to know each other. Right. And I'm just like, I'm not approved by any means, but like, I was literally my, my best friend and I were talking about this yesterday. She's single. And I was like, I, I don't understand. Like, I cannot like put the pieces together in my mind as to how you meet somebody, sleep with them and then get to know them. Like that, that doesn't, it doesn't make, it doesn't compute. It, I, I don't have a grid for it, you know? I, and so yeah, it, I, it's not, it's not the best way to do it, but now right. it's we everyone does it you know even christians um mm -hmm. even many christians unfortunately too and so yeah i mean it's like 
but that's, you know, I see it from our media, right? Media and the sexual revolution. So many things changed how we view even sex and then how we engage with other people. And then you add in media, which has just changed so much from social media to like actual things we watch on TV and movies and all of that, even though I'm like a big rom-com fan, like all of this is like really infiltrated how we view relationships, dating, connection, and the process to get there, you know, because none of those things show that you should really involve community, that you should wait to do these things, that you should pace. It's all about like rushing in and making it happen in all the fields, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was literally having a conversation with someone earlier this week and we were talking about obviously like purity culture. It's, it's had its issues. Like a lot of us have been kind of affected unfortunately, like negatively by that. But I think that there is some good in the whole intention behind what it was trying to do. But I think as a lot of Christian singles, you know, uh, this conversation I was having with someone earlier this week, they were like, you know, it just seems so unrealistic to find a man who's a Christian and who doesn't want to sleep with you. Like it it almost seems impossible. And so my heart goes out to these like really amazing like godly women who want to be like fashionable and cute and like fun and relevant, but they still want to like date God's way. And they're just not finding a lot of options out there. So I was like, girl, I don't, I don't even know what to tell you. Like, I don't, I don't know where to tell. I wish I could tell you, like you could find them in the church, but they're not in the church. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know where these like Christian unicorn men exist. Uh, Maybe you can tell us Kate, like, how you found your husband and if he has friends I know that you know my listeners are going to want their phone numbers right now (laughs) you know honestly there is like I think like so many disadvantages for men right now because and I have a whole I won't go into my whole tangent on that on what my heart for men my burden for Christian men especially and just like wanting to bring more men back into the church and make self-help things more attractive to men because by statistic standards, 70% of self-help books, programs, whatever are bought by women, 70%. And so like John Mark Comer, Loveology, guarantees 70% of women read that book, even though he's a great pastor that's very neutral and a male. So, but even still, it's just, there's a big, uh, there, we don't, it, guy, there's something, there's blocking a lot of men from taking and pursuing self-help. So that's why whenever I do see the 30% of guys or whatever it is that are buying self-help books, taking these things seriously, I like make it a point to commend them, honor them, like tell them I'm so amazed by them that that is needed because I think they don't get that enough. They just hear how awful guys are. And then it's like, well, that's not going to help me if I'm not like, Cause I'm actually trying. Cause there are some guys that are trying, they are out there. Um, and you know, the reality is that they're not everywhere, but you have, you have to be open to believe that they still do exist. Because if you allow some of the frogs out there, the toads, right. That we're all, I've experienced many of them to dictate that every guy is like that, then you're never going to have hope that a good one exists. And therefore if a good one does come across your path, you're going to miss them. You're just going to miss them. You're going to completely put them off to the side. Um, But here's a big deal. And this is what I like to encourage people to do, especially women. And this is how I met my husband. Date the unexpected and God just may do the unexpected. You know, we have this giant list often of our preferences and preferences are good. It's like what attracts you to somebody. It's usually like 
Often though, they're things like their height, what they look like, physical things, or for a lot of women, how much does he make, different things like that. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have preferences, but what I often saw, and even within myself, was that I had this quote unquote type based on my preferences and I was treating my preferences like non-negotiables. Because oftentimes our preferences have nothing to do with character, nothing to do with truly how God made them in their character. It really has other things like other things that we just prefer and we like. And so what I needed to do was shift my perspective to say, I'm going to focus on core character qualities that I'm looking for. And then my type and these preferences, I'm going to hold it loosely. I'm going to date the unexpected. And so I did this for a few months. In that time, my husband came along. Well, I I mean, my now husband, and I'll tell you, Dana, he was the unexpected. Okay. I almost said no to going on a date with him because he's five and a half years younger than me. He lived in a different state. So long distance lived in Seattle. He also had blue hair at the time of us dating, blue hair, a giant earring, had a really weird style in my opinion. And I used to work in fashion. That's my background. So I looked at him and I was like, oh my gosh, like I Instagram stalked him because I was being set up with him. He wanted to be set up with me. And I went to his Instagram and I was like, whoa, there's a lot going on here. This is not normally my type quote unquote right and i'm like oh my gosh and i was so close especially because of the age gap i was like five and a half years younger for me that feels weird i've never dated that younger i've dated older younger what no they're immature like you know all these things especially as a guy they mature later so i was like no i don't know if i can do this but that little thing in my head that said kate you're challenging yourself date the unexpected just go on a date and i was like okay one date, what can it hurt? So I go on a date with the skater punk guy because I he had skater punk style, five and a half years younger. And honestly, I was I was like, wow, I actually like him. From the first day, I was like, he actually had great conversation. He came prepared. He was super intentional. He told me like he wanted to take me on a second date. And it was a virtual date, again, long distance. But I was like, all right, maybe I'll go on another date with him. And I'm just telling you, through the whole process, my mind was blown dating the unexpected. God may do the unexpected. Now I'm married to the skater punk guy who's five and a half years younger than me. And I never would have thought that. So that's some, one of the thing I love to say, especially for women who are like, there's no guys out there. I'm like, well, what about the shorter guy, right? The guy who you're like, Oh no, not him. You know, like there's a funny meme out there on the internet that it's like women praying to Jesus, like, God, please like bring me my future spouse. And then he's like, God's like, oh, what about this guy who's five foot six? And the girl's like, ew, no, not him. God, please bring me my future spouse, you know? And the whole point being that there could be some great guys under our nose that we just need to be more open to going on a date with. Guys that genuinely out of their character may be awesome guys. And we might just be totally overlooking them because of our preferences. So there's my mm. TED talk for you right now, Data. <laughs> I love it. Okay. First of all, virtual dating. I've never heard of that. I think I thought I'd heard of everything. What's a virtual date? Is it literally like a Zoom call? Exactly. Zoom call. We actually, um, heartofdating.com, have a digital date like guide. We made it for COVID because, you know, everyone was going in COVID time, the only time that only way to date was really virtually because people weren't meeting in real life at the time. And so, yeah, it's a digital date, virtual date. 
usually on Zoom or on FaceTime. And JJ, my husband, was so creative. I mean, he was so fun in his digital date, like virtual date ideas. He would like, he eventually found out, got my address with my permission and sent me dinner, sent me flowers right before our date. And like, then we'd be eating dinner together. I would have flowers. It's like he was there in person, but we were on FaceTime. He would have dinner as well. So there are some awesome ways to create a virtual date experience. Man, that is so creative. And I think, you know, so then obviously you don't have to worry about like the guy trying to sleep with you on the first date because you can't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you you really can't, not interested because there's a lot of distance between you if you're doing that. It's long distance, you know? Yes. Oh my gosh, Kate. That's awesome. All right. So you wrote the book called Thank You for Rejecting Me. Um, I want to know about that. So as far as you, obviously you said you've dated for 18 years, you had lots of toads, you had lots of like, "Mm, not that one, not that one. So what have you learned the most about the people who rejected you? What have you learned about, what have you learned about yourself? And then what have you learned about, you know, maybe like God's purpose and all of that? Yeah. And this is, you know, exactly why I wrote this book is because I realized rejection had such a power in my life. I put so much power into other people's hands on, you know, hey, will you like me, choose me, love me? Like, hey, will you, will you approve of me? Um, And only to be rejected in many circumstances and have it completely rip apart my identity, where then it led me to really hard thoughts about myself. Like, you're not worthy. You're never going to be chosen. You're unlovable. If only you had done this better, if only you looked more like this, you know, insert body insecurity into all of that. And so what I realized for myself, and the book really is not just about dating rejection, actually, it's about all different kinds of rejection and how it impacts our identity um, from self-rejection to external rejection. Because self-rejection is a big part, especially for us ladies with body image. You know, we mm. shame ourselves and we reject ourselves and when it comes to dating, we see a guy and we immediately think sometimes he's never going to be interested in me. He's the attractive one. Like, no, not in my body type, not the way I look. He would never be into me. Like we're rejecting ourselves before others even can reject us. And that was something I also realized I was doing. I was taking myself out of the game because I didn't feel worthy enough for different opportunities for different men. And I was like, rejection has a huge power in my life. Now, the point of it. And what I really liked to emphasize in the book is that we're not, the, the goal is not to become a robot where things don't hurt us, where rejection doesn't hurt, but it's to say, okay, if rejection and all these different kinds of rejections are taking me down and then redefining my identity every single time, what can I do to build up endurance find tools to reclaim my God-given identity and be more prepared for the world that is filled with rejection every day. Therefore, I know rejection is going to come. It's always going to happen. There's always going to be a person that doesn't like you. There's Mm -hmm. like, if, and when it comes to dating, I don't put as much of my value in that guy wanting to ask me out or saying, or wanting to continue to date me because I know rejection is a part of the equation. I know whether or not he wants to continue to date me, I am so worthy and valuable and called by God, these things, you know? And so, um, this, this has been my whole life journey, right? So I'm like, I wrote this book to really help others recognize that you have more power than you think. Um, and you can take back your power and build up tools to say, 
So that rejection may prick you, but it doesn't take you down entirely. Yeah. Uh, so that's how I'd answer your first question. Remind me of your second question. So like, what did you find God's purposes were? Like, I think of people who they've been rejected over and over and over and over, right? It can be yeah. difficult to then say, okay, maybe... Like, maybe there is something wrong with me. Like, if everybody else keeps rejecting me, I must be the common denominator. So, like, what did you find God's purposes for you in those relationships? Like, were you able to kind of, on the other side, the hindsight version to say, okay, well, this is why God had that relationship not work out. Or this is why. Or was it just kind of like a blanket, I just understand that God just works all things out for the good of those who love him type thing. Yeah, I think it's a balance. So I believe that God doesn't give us all the answers to why things happen, you know, but I do believe that sometimes he does. And it's a beautiful when we do get to experience the why, like he calls us to have faith in him and his goodness, irregardless if, if we see all the answers for why horrible and hard things happen. And I do think there are times where he gives us a taste of like, hey, this is why that thing didn't work out. Now you can see. And so uh, probably one of my biggest examples of this is I mentioned earlier that in the wake of a really big heartbreak is when I started Heart of Dating. So in the wake of this heartbreak, I talk about it in chapter six of my book. I was devastated. This guy, Chris, I thought I was going to marry him. He was a great Christian guy, had everything on paper I was looking for. I was like ready. We were talking about engagement. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he ended things. Mm. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, what is happening? Um, well, he ended it first by, it was a transition, but it was, he first started a conversation saying, I don't know if I have peace about marrying you. And I was like, uh, what, what do you mean? Oh my gosh. You've never said this before. It was like the rub rug was ripped out from under me. And it was a, t- a decision I had to make actually, after he said that to the point of that moment to when we broke up, I had like an opportunity to really press in with the Lord and say, God, do I, if this goes into a breakup, do I want this breakup to define me yet again? Or do I want to choose to believe that even though I thought this was it for me, you have something great in store still? Because every time in the past, I always was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's me. I'm bad. It's never going to happen. And I was so sick and tired of that being my constant mentality. So I was like, okay, Lord, what does it look like to fully surrender this to you? And this is when I started praying a really key prayer about my future husband. And I said, it was, it's this, it's that God ignite the heart of the man that is for me, that he would pursue me through the good, bad, and ugly, that it would be clear on his mind that he wanted to pursue me. And so I was like, that's what I want. I don't want to keep being the performer being like, look at me, remember me, choose me, pick me. Cause that's what I'd done my whole life. And so I ended up, we ended up breaking up and it was heartbreaking, but it was an opportunity for me to really turn to God in that time and trust in him without going into the litany of what ifs and what if I had done this differently and blah, 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 this rumination on the what ifs. And instead of focusing on what ifs, I focus on what to do to move forward. And this is what happened. I focused, I actually had to completely separate myself from him for a long time to really focus on healing, moving forward, retrusting the heart, like that God's heart and goodness was for me. And Dana, in that time is when God so clearly put on my heart to start Heart of Dating. And so six months after this breakup, I started Heart of Dating which is now my full-time business ministry. 
I wrote a book, like all these things, right? And I'm telling you right now, none of this would have happened if I had stayed with that guy. Not, mm. not one of it, because I would have been completely immersed in this man because God ended that relationship because it ended that way. And I focused on what to do to move forward, focused and trusted in the heart of God. It redirected me on this path that I could never have imagined. And so the whole book is called, thank you for rejecting me. Well, actually when, um, when the book came out, I'm actually, I'm in good, uh, on good terms with this guy. His name is Chris. And I actually wrote him a letter, a thank you for rejecting me letter, a kind, like, I'm so grateful you did this. Like I would have never said it at the time, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Five years later, four years later at that point, I can honestly say thank you truly for doing that because Mm -hmm. I, I know you, he wasn't even fully clear on why, but something in his spirit was like, this is not supposed to be. And I'm so grateful, right? Cause it led me into my actual purpose for life which I believe no, is what so I'm doing visible. now. <laughs> yeah, you know, the whole time you were talking, like this phrase kept coming to my mind, like rejection is redirection. Yes, you know, And exactly. then when you just said, like it redirected me, like re- if we can look at it that way, whether it's someone's been rejected from a job or they've been rejected from a relationship or even God forbid a marriage, you know, someone yes. divorces you and you don't want to be divorced. Um, it's when you're able to like really take inventory of, first of all, God, I trust you in this. And I know that your purposes for me are good. And then teach me, what I need to know. I love the fact that you said that you pause and you took time away. I think that's the missing key that so many people go from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship. And they never take that moment to just like settle down and assess, you know, what's, what went wrong in that relationship? Where did I maybe not stand up for myself or where did I violate my boundaries? And I'm not even talking about like sexual boundaries. It could just be any boundary. Yeah. Yeah. Like what went wrong? And so to be able to reassess that and then come out of that with this whole like business ministry, it's just, it's an incredible, powerful story, Kate. And, you know, I love how your website and what you do, The Heart of Dating, like you don't just give advice, but you really give people like practical resources. There's, you've got the School of Dating, you've got the Heart of Dating Conference with like amazing yes. folks like Levi Lesko and his wife and and uh, Rich Wilkerson Jr. I'm like, this girl is like the real deal. Like, uh-huh. this is not just some like little idea that you have. Like, this is really, I... I think in a lot of churches, and I know you talk about like kind of this is like the ministry that your church doesn't have, which unfortunately that just is what it is. A lot of churches are ill-equipped to really help singles with like real life, real issues. And so when I look at like all the things that you're doing, I think that people can come to this whole like topic of dating and not only again be inspired but they can really get some practical tips you know some how to's some a lot of self-reflection a lot like I love what you do a lot of it is like first of all you right and then it's like and then now you're prepared to like go out and look for your Boaz or your your whoever and I think so often like in the church well it's like in the church it's all about like finding the other person finding your match finding your match you know and it's like even as a marriage coach I have to be careful because I never want to set marriage up as like the ultimate, you know, like it's like the ultimate like prize because there are some people who maybe they'll never get married, you know, maybe that's not God's will for them to, or maybe they don't want to. So, you know, helping people and my girlfriend and I were just talking about this yesterday. How can we, and she's single, I'm not, how can we help people to understand how to be single and whole 
how to be single yes. and complete, not to always be like, you know, your feelers are out there. Like I got to find my guy, I got to yes, find my yes, girl yes. or I'm somehow incomplete. So yeah. I just, I just want to say thank you for all that you're doing all that. I mean, I could literally talk to you for forever. Um, <laughs> but you know, I just want to thank you for all that you're doing and just for sharing so transparently, like your whole story has become now. And this is like, we, it's so cliche. We're like, Oh, your test can be your testimony. Your mess can be your ministry, but you are living proof of that, how mm-hmm. you've gone through so much. And because of that, now you're on the other side and you can help people to see like, okay, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. Yes. Yeah. And girl, five before JJ and I got married, I'm like, I'm telling people and talking to people about the pains of dating. And I'm like, I'm still in it with you. Like we're, you know, it's like for four of those years, I'm like, Hey, let's try these things together. Let's see if these things work. Let's bring on these amazing pastors and mentors to really help guide us. Cause again, back to the beginning, it's such an ambiguous, tough world. And so mm-hmm. much of what I work towards is exactly what you said. Like, it's okay to and beautiful to have the desire for marriage, but not if it trumps your contentment, your joy, your purpose, your value, your life for God in your single season. Like that is a valuable time in your life. It's a powerful time in your life. I think the narrative has gotten so skewed based on so much marriage being a lot of the focus, which is a beautiful gift. We're not discounting that, but like singleness, it can also be an amazing season. And that's where all of Heart of Dating started in my singleness, you know? And so I like to really love to encourage people on that. Well, I'm definitely going to send people to your website, but tell them, Kate, where is the best place for them to start? Let's say someone just got out of a bad breakup, or maybe someone's not had a relationship in three or four years, and they're like, okay, I'm ready to get back out there. Like, where's the best place on your website for them to start? You know, honestly, heartofdating.com, you'll, on the homepage, it gives you like five steps to go through, or maybe more than five steps, depending on what you're looking for. If you want community, we have programs that help you connect with other singles. We have a program called the Singles Academy, for example, that if you're like healing and you just want to meet other people that are in the same boat as you, and you're not ready necessarily to go out there and start dating and doing the apps and all of this stuff, then I would recommend checking out the singles Academy, heartofdating.com slash TSA. We call it TSA where we check all your baggage. <laughs> you know, that. we're all about acronyms over here. I'm not going to lie. H O D TSA, but that would be a great place for you to start. Um, if you just want some additional resources and start learning about dating. We have the weekly podcast that comes out. And now JJ does it with me together, which is really fun because now we have a man, a man's perspective after all these years of how to date. And his story is completely different than mine. So it's, we really tap into like two different sides of people. Um, but yeah, we'd love to have you. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Kate, this has been so fun. This has been such an incredible conversation. And again, just thank you so much for being our guest today and for everything that you shared. Thank you, Dana. This is such a joy. You are amazing. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I love her. That was such an amazing conversation. 
felt like we have been friends for forever. So, Kate, thank you so very much for everything that you shared with our community today. Listen, friends, if you want to connect with Kate, and I know you do, be sure to head over to realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash episode 122. I will have links to all of the things that Kate offers, and she offers so much. So I didn't have time to list all of those here, but make sure that you head over to the show notes. Again, realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash episode 122, and you can get the links to everything that she has to offer. I know that some of you are married, and some of you have listened to this episode the whole way through, and maybe you're thinking, man, I sure wish that some of this information would have been available to me when I was dating. Listen, I feel you. So why don't you do yourself and your friends a favor and be sure to share this episode with them. If you have friends that are dating, if you have friends who are single, if you have friends who want to do relationships right, make sure that they get this episode. And I would love to hear from you. If you're single and you're listening and this episode has really encouraged you, maybe there's something that Kate said that really stood out to you, go ahead and tag me on Instagram. You can either post it in your stories, maybe do a little audio clip or put a quote that stood out to you and tag me at Real Relationship Talk. I would love to hear from you. Well, friends, as we always say, A good relationship is not one that works. A good relationship is one where you put in the work. Let's get to work. I'll see you on the next episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to Real Relationship Talk with Dana Shea. Find the show notes, helpful articles, and more relationship tips at realrelationshiptalk.com. Enjoying the show? Be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And remember to subscribe. We'll see you on the next episode. Hey there, it's Nicole Eunice from the How to Study the Bible podcast, and I'd love to invite you to join us as we weekly discover a passage of God's Word together. From beginning to end, from principles to practicals, we are here to make sure that God's Word is powerful and relevant to your life. If that sounds like something you're looking for, I would love to invite you to subscribe. You can go to lifeaudio.com and search How to Study the Bible, and we'll see you there.